Thanks for the words that make things plain and the words that help us explain. Thanks for the words that make life fun and for the words that help us overcome. Thanks to the one who made words rap, to the one whose words made us clap. Benjamin, you made us smile. You spread the word with grace and style. Benjamin, you lit the fire, the light, the life, the Zephaniah. Welcome to the Island of Brilliant, the podcast that treasures everything that's brilliant in children's books. And we, we nearly we always start with a sea shanty, but this time it was a yeah. bit different because it was a sea shanty that was a tribute to Benjamin Zephaniah, who we sadly lost a few days ago. Yeah, such a shocker, and I mean such a vibrant, powerful. I mean his poems are just so full of life it's feels really wrong saying that um and and when, when reading it it just didn't really compute yeah, it was re- i was re- really really taken aback and shocked at that piece of news because he's such a well it's just a joy you know had you ever met him i've never met him have you met him no i'd never had, had the chance I'd, to meet him sadly i've seen him live like several times but i never went up should have done now it's too late this is this is also our Christmas special. <laughs> it would be a quite a difficult <laughs> segue if he hadn't. Well, but Benjamin has helped us out with that, hasn't he? Because he wrote, "Be nice to your turkey this Christmas." So we know yeah. that this is what he would have wanted. He said, "Be nice to your turkey this Christmas." He would have wanted. He would have wanted us to do this. Should we do he it? Would have wanted, he would have wanted to be part of the Christmas special. Do what? To do a bit of talking turkeys. Yeah. Can you do it? Yeah. All right, I can do it. Go on then. All right, I'm not. Can I just say I'm not going to do it in Benjamin's voice because only Benjamin could do Benjamin's voice. <laughs> so I'm going to do it in Nadia's voice. Be nice to your turkey this Christmas. Invite them indoors for some greens. Let them eat cake. And let them partake in a plate of organic grown beans. Be nice to your turkey this Christmas, and spur them the cut of the knife. Join Turkey United, <laughs> and they'll be delighted. And you'll make a new friend for life. Merry Christmas, Ben. Merry Christmas, Ben. <laughs> and the turkeys. Bless them. Will you be... Well, it feels awful now to ask the next next question, which is, will you be having a turkey Christmas dinner? We've never had turkey. Do you not? What we, always had, we always had... No, we always have goose. I like a goose. Oh, fancy. Yeah. Well, what are we going to do like on the island? No geese here, mate. About half the family are vegetarian now, so that goose will be surrounded by various pithivia and So it's you, you like and that. a goose. Yeah. When I say half the family, that's you. It's only like me and you here. You don't forget <laughs> on the island. I was going to say, what's leave, this family you're on about? <laughs> <laughs> it's you and I. Do you want me to do that thing where I've got a load of disguises and every now and then I run round to the back of the bush, put a different disguise on yeah. and come back out and pretend to be I a different member you of your family. Yeah, it's it exhausting, you but I quite enjoy it too. It's great. You're so good as my gran. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I enjoy that. I like it. I guess it might be a bit of a bleak Christmas for us on the island, Frank. We've How are we going to make the best of it? We've got a pile of Christmas crackers here. Are we going to 
Yeah, I can see we've got those early. We'll play but with yeah. Those. yeah, and we can pull them and find out what's, what's inside. What's inside? Have you, have you opened one yet? Do we know no. what's inside them? No, I wouldn't do that without you. i tell you what I don't want. I don't want a miniature pack of cards. Compass. I, d- I wouldn't mind a little tape measure. I don't want those tiny nail clippers. No, your nail toenails are massive. There's no point getting the tiny nail clippers. I have to get a piranha. I have to fish piranha out of the sea. I think it'd be good if we got the little pack of cards because we could play, you know, I could do little card tricks with tweezers or whatever. <laughs> That'd be good. Well, we've got we've got four crackers here, Frank. So, um, I don't know. What do you say we open one now? Fancy it? Yeah, come on. Let's get the show off with a bang. Come on. Ready? One, two, three. Pull! Whoa! Holy Saint Anthony! <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my name's Ian Eagleton and I'm the author of Nen and the Lonely Fisherman and Glitter Boy and my book of the year is Can You See the Stars Tonight by Anna Terreros Martin. It's a hopeful, inclusive and beautifully illustrated book and I loved it. I'm Catherine Rundle and my favourite book this year City of Stolen Magic by Nazneen Ahmed Patak. The book is set in India in 1855, where British rule is stamping out magic, and those born with it are being snatched from their homes and smuggled to England, and it's the story of a girl who is fighting back. And the book has such warmth and generosity, such excitement, such flair. It took Nazneen years to write, and I think you can really feel it in the care and careful sculpting of every beat of the story. Hello, Merry Christmas. It's Swapna Haddo here, um, children's author. And my favourite children's book of 2023 is Duck Goes Meow by Juliet McIver and Carla Martell, published by Scholastic New Zealand and Australia. Um, And the book is about a duck who decides that they know their voice best. The illustrations are gorgeous um, and it's just a really funny read and a brilliant one to read aloud um with young people um so that's why it's my favorite wow well i wasn't i wasn't expecting some best books of the year recommendations out of this humble cracker but it seems fitting frank don't you think yeah i mean i was expecting little dice cufflinks but this is better (laughs) in a way (laughs) and do you know what listeners we have three more of these crackers to pull yeah. over the course of the podcast. And I reckon there might be some more best books of the year recommendations from some of the great authors out there in Authorland. Yeah, which we can share with you, which we couldn't if they were little dice cufflinks. <laughs> so I really don't want you to get a kazoo, Frank, if I'm honest. Um, because I fear what, what would happen. it's like a magic kazoo? Oh, no, not everything has to be magic, um. Frank. It's just a kazoo. <laughs> Honestly, it's a nightmare with you. We walk past a coconut, you're like, it's a magic coconut. No, it's just a coconut. <laughs> Stop it with your childlike wonder. But some things are oh. magic. Like, you just look at that sea with its bubbling bubbles rising up and you just think, oh, it's some kind of underwater disturbance. It's not. It's I'm not. It it's something amazing is going to happen you're, any second well, you're, now. Something is going to rise from nah, the waters. Nah, nothing's going to rise from the waters. Look at it. It's a dead flat sea. Nothing's happening. Hand on a tickety-boo. <laughs> Frank, your childlike sense of wonderment might be right. 
for the first time. It's something crazy. Something, something from the water. Something waters. crazy is emerging from the water. I can barely look at it. The sunshine. Oh my god! I'm is blind. It fish scales? I no, can't it's see. silver lame. I can't see. I'm so blinded. And I think it's coming to shore. Whatever what is it is. This blinding brilliance. I don't know. Sequined water spouts whirling. Someone's an elaborate headgear. Fran, you go first. I'm scared. Excuse me. <laughs> Hello. Who's the, Hello. Who is that under that elaborate headgear, I wonder? Well, it's Alex <gasps> T. Smith, and uh, I can see your confusion because I am dressed like Miss Piggy when she does her Esther Williams routine in The Great Muppet <laughs> Caper. Um, and she comes up from the swimming pool surrounded by synchronised swimmers. I don't have those today. I've just got a couple of tuna. But yes, I'm here. I'm in my silver lame swimsuit. So yeah, nice to see I've made you. an effort. It's Mr. Oh, Christmas you. himself. I can Alex. see it's Mr. <laughs> Christmas. I am a bit disappointed you don't have the synchronised swimmers, I'll be honest. Yeah, I couldn't get them. I just couldn't get them today. But yeah, because it's Christmas as well. I didn't want to disappoint you, so I'm wearing a Christmas jumper, but mm. underneath the swimsuit so you can just see a little cheeky I can see a little bit, bit just um, peeking out the edge there yeah, oh Alex yeah, it's what well, yeah, well, it's yeah. perfect it is perfect to have you here I thought you'd knitted your chest hair oh I wasn't talking about that friend honestly don't don't drag us down the body hair alley this early in proceedings we couldn't have a better guest for our very what we can very loosely describe as our Christmas special because you are basically as far as I'm concerned the Mr Christmas of kids books yeah uh, you own it yeah I prefer Crimbo Himbo Crimbo Himbo he's also special he's also special what Frank well it's a Christmas special he's Mr Christmas and he's very special oh, oh well that's very kind of you true, but I like I, you. I like Crimbo Himbo I think that I think that suits you Alex <laughs> Crimbo Himbo it is, is pretty great. great so look come 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 over come and sit by the fire get your oh, get your you, yeah. do you want get to get your lame off I mean it's yeah, I'll take that off and drip yeah, dry it. Yeah, I think you and, should, um, um, because else, yeah, it'll, yeah, you know, you don't I want it to it. get misshapen. Um, just you can just no, dry no, it on no, these no. branches over here. Have a sit oh, down. Um, can I get you a drink? I would little love a Christmas, drink. little Christmas, little Christmas warmer. Yeah, if you've got like a little Christmassy tropical cocktail, that would be Frank, lovely. Frank, pina colada, please, Frank. <laughs> I'll go and get the peanut. Yeah, I'll you get, get the, the peanut and the colada. If I can remember where the coladas uh, are, they're just behind that monkey. Just over there. Shoot, shoot. Yeah, I'll have one as well, actually, while you're at it. Oh, fabulous. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Alex, well, one of the reasons I, call, I think of you as Mr. Christmas is because you make these gorgeous books that I could eat. Um, and you've got the Nutcracker this year. I have, Which you yeah. did have Winston two years ago. The first Winston was actually 2018, what? if you can believe that. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and then I had the second Winston... Uh, 2020 and then I've had 12 Days of Christmas or Grandma is yes. uh, Overly Generous which was a little picture book and then I did The Grumpus last year and now it's The Nutcracker and The Mouse King's Christmas Shenanigans It is so well congratulations it's so beautiful I've got my copy oh, here I've not you. let Frank look at it yet because he's been really annoying recently um, <laughs> but it is absolutely gorgeous and I mean the colours the illustrations are breathtaking are you happy with it? Yeah, I'm really pleased with it, actually. Yeah, I mean, it's a story that I've wanted to tell for years and years and years. Um, and then last year, it just seemed to be the right moment. I've never worked on a book so quickly, like a quick turnaround as this oh, one. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, oh, really? I, I pitched it on Christmas Eve and it published in October. <gasps> um, the, yeah, so it was it was a quick turnaround. But I think the idea had been in my head for so long, it just sort of yeah. 
just was really easy to kind of do in many ways because I just I just knew what I wanted to do. This structure-wise, Alex, this is similar um, to some of your previous books in that it is designed, if you want to, you don't have to read it this way, but if you want to, you can read a chapter a day. Is it yeah. like 24 and a half chapters? It is, it's 24 and a half chapters. So you start on the 1st of December if you want to, and then you read a chapter a day up until Christmas Eve. And then there's a little half chapter to be read in bed Aww. on Christmas night after all the excitement when you're trying to kind of so come down from all the sugar so high and everything. Yeah. So the, the Winston books have um, activities in between each chapter which relate to the chapter that you've just read. So they're really simple things that you can do or not do if you can't bothered. Um, <laughs> but the, the Grumpus and the Nutcracker are just, just straight books. So you just read a chapter a night or you can just gobble them up. As much as you want, really. So, because Nadia was so entranced by her copy that she wouldn't let me borrow it off her, I've heard her read it because she was reading it in her lovely radio voice to herself. Um, Because she loves the sound of that lovely radio voice, as does the nation. So I went back and I read the Hoffman as well. And it's so dark. It's so dark. Yeah. There's a lot of, quite a lot of beheading going on. Like a lot of, because people have a lot of heads in it. Yeah, there's and a lot of that. Suddenly they don't have a lot of heads. The Mouse King's seven heads. Well, so what is it about the, the Nutcracker that, like, pulls you in? And where did you first, well, where did you first know that story from? I guess that's what I'm asking. Yeah, well, I've been to see the, the ballet, I suppose. That's it, really. That's how where I got the introduction to the yeah. story quite a few times uh, from when I was younger. And then I sort of tried to go and see it every year if I can. Um, and I, I've always loved it, um, but for me, the second act, well, the, the, the second half of the story just goes a bit crazy because you sort of have such a great narrative thrust for the story to begin with, with the, mm-hmm. the party and then the, the tree, the magic, and then the tree growing and Clara shrinking and, um, and, and the mouse king and everything. And then it sort of all goes a bit pear-shaped after that because really she's just kind of reward- rewarded with a little trip to see all these odd people, you know, tea from China dancing or, you know, various different mm. food groups. So I, I, I always love going to see it in the theatre, but so for, for a story, it never really worked for me. So I wanted to challenge myself to see what I could do. So the book, my version, sticks quite closely to the, the sort of theatre production to begin with. Right. And then it just goes nuts after that so I kind of used a bit of um, creative license although I do pull things in like there is a snow scene with someone who like a snow witch called Anastasia Stroopwaffle in my book (laughs) yeah she meets Queen Victoria Sponge later on who's the queen of tea town so it kind of it does reference the ballet and um, and the story there but it kind of hopefully I've kind of given it more structure and more of an adventure because there's a bit of um, mild peril in it and and a ticking clock as well so yeah, I just wanted to challenge and myself. More food. Really. And more food. Yeah, so much food. I was going to say, your your devotion to <laughs> afternoon tea, Alex, I can't, I mean, <laughs> just the, the, the cake names, all of it. I mean, I, I'm guessing you're a big afternoon tea and biscuit fan. I love a biscuit, yeah. My favourite thing is a cookie, chocolate chip cookie. It's a little <gasps> bit good, it's a little bit squidgy. And if it's as big as my head, that's ideal. Oh, the, massi- um, the massive ones. Yeah, yeah. That are basically massive. cookie dough in the middle. <laughs> That's perfect, yeah, yeah. Don't suppose so you've brought a snack with you, have you, Alex? You're making me... Well, I... Gonna say, is this a good <laughs> I know, moment? I just, well, it just occurring to me. <laughs> please, well, God, my, my, please. My Miss Piggy-style swimming costume was 
I didn't want to ruin the line of my outfit no. too much, no. so I couldn't bring you a giant cookie, oh. but I have got a waterproof bum bag, <gasps> okay. and in it I've brought you uh, oh, digestive biscuits, <gasps> but with chocolate spread that you put yes. in the middle, and you put spread it on one oh, side, yes. slap another biscuit yes. on, and then you've got a little yes. chocolate gooey biscuit. Finally, an author <laughs> who knows what kind of snacks we need on the Island of Brilliant. Thank yeah. you, Lord. Let's yeah, end so... that podcast here. <laughs> Bye, everyone. That's Merry Christmas. Yeah. Okay, first oh of all, thank you, Alex. <laughs> my pleasure. Secondly, have you ever tried doing that with rich tea biscuits? Because I'm a big digestive fan, but that is actually better with a rich tea. But they, they but I like dunking it in my tea, though. That's the problem. Even with and the Nutella? Yeah, you have to dunk that in your tea. with the, And it's, it's, oh, it's amazing. But I don't think rich tea would stand up for that. So you need, mm. a, you need a hearty biscuit like a digestive. I used to do, sorry, we will get back to books in a minute. But just to quickly tell you that uh, when I was younger, we used to do digestive, bit of Nutella, bit of squirty cream on top, instant Ooh. cheese, instant cheesecake. Oh, now that is something I'm going to try over Christmas. Definitely. Well, the, as you can tell, we're with authors who are not snack disappointments. This is what we're here for. It's just that a lot of authors are snack disappointments. Let's so not, no, sh- they come friend, with those disappointing that. snacks. Shh, don't say that. And then we have that. to talk about their books. Don't say that. <laughs> we're not established enough to slag off previous guests, Frank. It's such a bad we're look. We're not slagging them off. We're just saying. I knew you'd get cancelled. no alternative but to talk about books. <laughs> I'm sorry, Alex. France, it's, no, it's, it's, okay, it's the end of the year. It's the end of the year. <laughs> France clearly grown tired of being a literacy and reading champion. <laughs> and he just wants to talk. <laughs> and he just wants. <laughs> He's had too many tropical cocktails. He in the, really in the, uh, has. Being, yeah. a, being obesity champion instead. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> but Alex, so the Christmas, this it's kind of become a delicious publishing tradition. You bringing out uh, a Christmas yeah. book. Do you want to keep doing this? Have you got more kind of Christmas I, ideas up your sleeve? I do, actually. Yeah, I do have more ideas. <gasps> I can't say what they are yet. But, okay. um, yeah, there's lots of kind of exciting things in the works. Um, you're so prolific. I mean, I was just looking at the <laughs> list of books you've made because we haven't even mentioned the Claude books. We haven't mentioned... Um, oh, where is he? Here he is, Mr. Penguin. Mr. Penguin, yeah. He's Love my little adventurer. Mr. Penguin. If no one, if, if listeners are not familiar with Mr. Penguin, I'm sure you are. But he's basically, if Indiana Jones was a penguin. Yeah, and also really rubbish at everything. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's him. Yeah, he's, 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 he's very, very enthusiastic, but not very good at things. So yeah, there's four of those. Yeah, I've got um, a new series coming out next year with, uh, with Macmillan, which is called Astrid and the Space Cadets. It's Ooh. an early reader. So it's sort of like a bit like the Jetsons, but kind of silly. And it's got she's she's a little human girl, and she, everyone thinks she goes to bed, yeah. at, but at midnight she actually climbs into a wardrobe, which is a transporter device, and she whizzes up to her spaceship Stardust. Amazing! And she meets her friends, her alien friends, Beryl, Professor Quackers, who's a duck and also <laughs> a professor, and uh, Zoink, and they have to solve problems in space uh, to win badges. So yeah, so I've got that. But yeah, they're, they're, I think hopefully there will be some more Christmas stuff. I've got quite a lot of things up my sleeve. So, and yeah. how, many, so how many Astrid's will there be? Do we know yet? There will be two next year and then two the following year. And when um, do you um, sleep or eat? Yeah, I don't really. <laughs> I don't really. Well, I have my, I have my, to- my digestives with yeah, the spread on. That, that's that, that's keeping good you, for keeping your energy. That's up, keeping yeah, you going. Shall we pull a Christmas cracker at this point? 
Do you think we should pull a Christmas yeah. cracker? Yeah. Like yeah. Christmas cracker? Well, why don't you two... Well, go, go on, Alex, Alex and Frank, you, you guys do it. I'll watch. OK. All right, then. <laughs> Ready? All right. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> oh, easy. <laughs> Hello, Frank. Hello, Nadia. I hope it's not too snowy on the island. It's Stephen Lenton here, author, illustrator, extraordinaire. And my book of the year has to be The Night Before Christmas, written by Clement Seymour. And you'll want to see more of the illustrations by Ella Beach because it is absolutely gorgeous. It's from the Folio Society. It's got a glow-in-the-dark slipcase and it is the definitive version for me of the night before Christmas. The perfect gift for all the fam. Hi, I'm Rashmi Sirdish Pandey, the author of Good News, Why the World is Not as Bad as You Think, illustrated by Adam Hayes. My book of 2023 is a hopeful and uplifting graphic novel collection called Drawn to Change the World. 16 youth climate activists featuring 16 artists from around the world and put together by Emma Reynolds. It is amazing. Hello, it's Louis Stoll here, the author of the Loki A Bad God's Guidebooks and my book of the year is City of Stolen Magic by Nazneen Ahmed Patak. It's amazing. Oh, well, the, thank goodness it wasn't a kazoo, that's all I can say. Yeah, yeah. or a miniature screwdriver. I'm slightly disappointed. Are, are you disappointed because we've got yet more book recommendations and we're <laughs> stuck on an island full of books? <laughs> I, I mean, I love the books, but I would really have liked one of those little square <laughs> plastic, it's like a maze with a tiny ball bearing in. That you can try and get I the ball bearing in the hole in the middle. That can keep me entertained. You should always see if a seagull could deliver it to you. Yeah, we could maybe get a seagull delivery. I'm just relieved there are no jokes and no hats. <laughs> I think you started publishing, what, 2009-ish, I want to say? No, earlier than that. Earlier yeah, than I've been that. Doing, <clears throat> yeah, I've been doing 18 years now, so wow. almost 19. So, yeah, it's a long time. So how many Christmas books in that time? This is my fifth, yeah, but since 2018, so yeah. Was this always the job that you wanted? Yeah, kind of. I mean, when I was four and I started school, what we, when we were asked what we wanted to do when we grew up in like our first week of primary school, I, I wanted to be a rabbit because I thought you could do that <laughs> as a job. Um, but then the other thing, it's really weird. I, f- I actually found when, when my parents were moving house in the middle of lockdown, they found and sent to me my first exercise book from primary school. And on the first day of school... I'd written, my name is Alex, and I like reading, writing, and drawing pictures. And it kind of seems a bit, yeah, it's just a thing I've always wanted to do. My, my granddad, who I was very, very close to, was an English teacher and a librarian. And he also wrote uh, for magazines and newspapers and plays for the radio. So he was very influential. And I, mm. I used to spend a lot of time with him before I started school. And then when I started in reception, I was a bit worried that him and my grandma might forget me, despite the fact I lived, like... 200 oh. yards away from them because oh. um, <clears throat> I used to spend every afternoon with them after nursery so we came up with a plan and it was that I would go to school because I had to and uh, my granddad would come over in the morning and collect my pet dog and take her to his house to look after her all day and then uh, me and my mum would collect her on the way back and I'd see my granddad so that's what we did but when I came home from school I found that I'd left my teddy bear on the sofa at home and my granddad had put a note between its paws 
for me to find. And it was a story he'd written about all the things that my toys had got up to when I'd been at... Um, at school, oh. and I thought it was amazing, but he did it like every school day for five years. <gasps> no. Like a different story, yeah, oh, a different story, gosh, yeah. Oh my beautiful. Do you still Completely have? Completely mad. Do you still yeah. have them? <clears throat> yes, so, so what he did was, when I sort of was getting to the end of primary school, he, he had an old diary that he hadn't used from years before, so he kind of copied out in his beautiful handwriting like 20 of my favorite stories. And uh, him and my gran- grandma were pretty nuts. And, um, yeah, they'd been sneaking into my house and taking my toys and sort of, like, making scenes out of them and photographing them. So the book is illustrated with, like, photographs of uh, my toys. So really, when I got that, that's where I kind of really settled my mind and wanted to work in children's books. But I almost went to be a set and costume designer. So it was was like that. Yeah. Yeah, my first job was in theatre. So um, so I used to work for um, an outdoor theatre company. So I used to be one of their production assistants and then I was a designer there. Mm. And I don't know how I wangled it, but when I was at secondary school, I, I got at, when I was in year 10, I managed to wangle it so I didn't have to do games lessons, but I could just oh. go off to my local theatres, which is quite a big theatre from where I was born, um, to co- costume and set department. And I used to go and work there for an afternoon instead of how going to play the, rugby. I spent no my idea. entire school <laughs> career trying to get out of games I and know. it never worked. I think they just they, they just saw no hope across my forehead when it came to things like rugby or cricket or anything like that. So they just thought, yeah, go off and... Why didn't I think of that? I know. I had a stick on Veruca. So, <clears throat> <laughs> well, I should have thought of that. That would have been good. Yeah, so whilst, whilst people in my year were kind of freezing on a games pitch, I was making like rabbit trousers for a production of Fantastic Mr. Fox. And, oh my goodness. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. so and, fantastic. Well, it's interesting actually. because like I, something from Rushmore. <laughs> yeah, it is actually. But it's it's it doesn't really surprise me that you tell me that you've got a background in theatre and set design because I really see that in your illustration. Like oh, I was actually spending you. quite a long time looking at the Nutcracker and looking at the kind of the beautiful framing devices that you draw you know, kind of just around your illustrations even. And and also the, um, the the clothes that your characters wear. You really care about that, don't you? You really care about how oh, yeah. fabric hands on your characters and kind of how you render that. So can you tell me a bit about... I realise I, I could talk to you for hours about <laughs> illustration. Sorry, Fran, tell me off. But but I, I am genuinely interested to know, kind of, no. is, is a lot of your um, drawing work influenced by that world, kind of like yeah, fashion I'm... drawing and... 100% and particularly this book in yeah this the Nutcracker definitely so I know I didn't want to set it in sort of Victorian era which is kind of where the play is usually set but Victorian Edwardian I wanted to do it just after the First World War so the book is set in 1919 I don't write that anyway it's just I knew it was there mm. so yeah when I start a project I kind of create mood boards so I collect lots of visual inspiration um, so for this book it was things like Harper's Bazaar covers when they were beautifully illustrated and um book illustration from the time um, and yeah just photographs and things and um, and I and I use that I keep referring back to it all the time so it might be colours so the party scene at the beginning of the book where there's the adults and they're all in their party frocks so it's not quite the roaring 20s but it's no. ju- it's not quite Edwardian but that the colour scheme for there is taken from a um, an illustration from Harper's so I, I just referenced all those colours so yeah it really is important to me because I think kind of character design and shape but also like what they wear you can tell an extra story with it 
so they're all in like jewel tones in that illustration and um yeah is um is that is that um, an actual mood board like a pin board or is it a virtual one it's a virtual one yeah and I I constantly kind of add to it so I have like a folder on my phone where I just spot things like you know online I add to it but I also do have a mood board but I show that to my publishers as well so they see that Mm. from the beginning so they kind of get an idea what I'm doing um but I do that with every project and do you start um do you start sketching out kind of what what materials are you using to make these illustrations so they're all digital actually so that so the nutcracker is completely digital but um i've got like some great brushes that kind of replicate kind of pencils and then i like mm-hmm. i like pencils but they're like flat color as well so i do that but often i will start by just sketching stuff with a proper pencil and mm-hmm. paper um, well it's still it's interesting because i use digital work a lot obviously in um, in my work and it's still drawing yeah <laughs> you still have to draw it there's yeah. no um as yet they haven't invented apple hashtag d for drawing i think we <laughs> no. still have to use our hands and um and you know you wouldn't know i think looking at the nutcracker because it's your your drawing style is like hand it's as distinctive as handwriting isn't it and you can very yeah much i see. think that's important yeah yeah see i think even well you know you know it's important to have your own recognizable style so that people can just glance at a bookshelf in a bookshop and just be like oh well that's that book and that author or illustrator so yeah it's important to do i that. love what nadia said about framing because it does feel like uh, when you open the book, it feels like the curtains are opening. Yeah. It feels like it's a stage or like a present being opened. <laughs> they invite you in in a very excited way, this book. Oh, thank you. It, this device we used in the Grumpus first, and then it's this in the Nutcracker as well. Um, it, it's kind of to replicate those old-fashioned books with colour plates. But what was really nice was to be able to subvert that and sort of have bits breaking out from the frame. And then there's later on in the book, in the Nutcracker, no spoilers but it's towards the end I kind of reverse it out so that the whole page is an illustration and then the, what would have been the plate is kind of actually white so it's kind of mm. nice to be able to play with it yeah. and it's sort of yeah. quite theatrical to do it in that way I think because it's kind of nice and that quality it's a quality you've had in, in your Christmas books especially I think kind of makes them feel like I always think they feel like objects which is what makes them so good to give yeah. us as gifts yeah. because it's not yeah don't get me wrong when I say just a book, but it's like an added, I don't know, it just feels like it's more than a book. It's an experience and it's an object, it's a thing. Well, the, the cover feels like a wrapping. That's oh, exactly it, yes. Like, as they're wrapped, yeah. That's exactly so it, because they've got the it, end it papers. Like yes. Yeah, exactly. My kind of brief for the cover was, I said that it had to look and feel. I worked with my designer, Alison Still. And I said it had to look and feel like it might be something that's sold at Fortnum's or Liberty yes. and that kind of slightly yeah. elevated kind of gift thing. So it might even look like yeah. a little chocolate box or something. Yes. So that's what I wanted that's to do. That's exactly yeah. what it looks like. Hello, Frank and hello, Nadia. Season's greetings to you both. It's Emily Drabble from Book Trust here calling from my conch shell. Now, in case you're wondering... I wanted to choose my three books of the year. They are Stolen History by Satnam Sanghera and Jen Khartoum. This funny, challenging, illuminating book totally blew me away. Secondly, Katia Ballon's Foxlight. Deep, poetic, captivating, a beautiful book. Finally is Ed Veers, The Artist. We all loved Ed on the island, didn't we? And his book is a profound work of art which makes you happy to be alive. So those are my top three. Happy holidays. 
how did the Christmas thing start? How did you become Mr. Christmas? And <coughs> yeah, you know, what is it about Christmas that makes you want to keep coming back to it? So and also, is your house like Christmas all year? Oh, round? Frank, have you not? Have Frank, have you seen? Okay, if listeners, please, if you're not following Alex on Instagram, because Alex, Just I give was out looking. His no, I'm not going to give out his address. <laughs> I'm not going to give out his address, but please follow Alex on Instagram because Alex, I saw your Christmas. Your Christmas front doors are ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I do. I do love Christmas, and I always have. Yeah. Um, but to answer the question, yeah. So um, I I did a few other Christmassy books. So I did like a Christmas version of. Um, Claude, so there's a Claude Christmas book, but I'm fo- I was followed on Instagram and on Twitter by the Macmillan team, and they'd seen like how I um, decorate and I always wrap presents kind of weirdly as well. And Gabby Morgan from uh, Macmillan invited me to have a chat about maybe going through their archives to kind of curate a book of Christmassy things. So it'd be like poems and carols and activities and things. I loved the idea of it, but I just felt that there needed to be something that kind of like went through it all and that's when I came up with the idea of Winston so like one story told in 24 and a half chapters so it was an advent calendar and the activities and the carols and all that sort of came the, became the bits in between mm. so that's really how it started but I just keep coming back to Christmas because I think there's so many stories to tell mm. and I just think it's a great thing to write about because there's so much you can do and it's and, and, and the season itself just is quite evocative and, and, and emotive as well and I, although I try to make my books quite joyful, I think what's really special about Christmas is there is always that tiny little bit of pathos yeah. through mm. it as well. There's always a little bit of Christmas where you maybe are missing somebody or, or I don't know, there's just, there's always that counter to the joy and the brightness. There's that little bit of darkness. And yeah. I kind of like that. And I think it's kind of a nice thing to, to bring into your work. So the second Winston book is he's looking to find out where, who he is and where he belongs. And the story is about family. Mm. Um, but in, in all its forms. So, yeah, I just keep coming back to it because I just find so much inspiration in there. Alex, um, yep. can we ask you about what did you love to read when you were a kid? Yeah, I loved everything. I loved, just loved books and I just read just constantly. It was just non-stop. Also, I got quite wise to it that when I was like shopping with my parents or something when I was little, if I asked for a toy, probably wouldn't get it. If I asked for a book, they couldn't say no. Yes. So quite often I nice. kind of milk that a little bit but my parents were both um they're both retired head teachers so it sounds a bit weird probably for most children but I actually like the summer holiday because I could go into both of their schools and raid the libraries there so I used to just read everything and um yeah I read the babysitter's club non-stop when I was because there were no real books not that I think books should be gendered but at that mm. age there was nothing really for you know a 10 year old boy so I just read, read those yeah but I just read everything I just loved reading Tiger Who Came to Tea is one of my favourites, and yeah, um, yeah all sorts of, of, of books really. And I remember, never, and you never stopped. No, I remember tackling Pride and Prejudice quite early, really. Oh, really? Early. I mean, I had I had no idea what it was going on about, but I watched yeah. the TV show and I was like, yeah. I can manage this. Was it the Colin Firth? Yeah, it was that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was that one. When you consider, when you look at the work that you make, are there any authors that you can kind of? I don't want to say that you, you that you've been too influenced from, but but who maybe informed how you approach making your own children's books. A big one for me was Hilary Knight, um, mm-hmm. who illustrated the Eloise books. Yeah, because they're just so fabulous in their energy and the characterisation and also the details. I mean, he just gets absolutely everything right. It's down to like the buckles on the shoes. 
you know, uh, but it's also very lively. It doesn't, it, his images never feel, despite all the detail, kind of quite staid or, you know, sort of static. I think what he's got that you've got is they've got glamour and not many children's books have glamour. And, true. and yeah. also glamour <laughs> so is, true. and that combination of yeah. glamour and liveliness is very rare. It's very yes. rare. It's basically you, Hillary and Catherine Hepburn, that's it. <laughs> what a dinner party um, oh that's really nice of you to say I, I, I do understand what you mean I think I, I, there's nothing funnier to me than kind of like a villain in a book but who dresses fabulously because the, the, the way my brain works is that they've got these horrendous plans that they're up to or whatever but they've still taken the time to like put on a slick of lipstick yeah. or to wear the perfect outfit and I just I, that is so funny to me Cruella de Vil yeah. at the hairdressers. <laughs> yeah, getting that parting done. I actually illustrated uh, 101 Dalmatians. Yes, you did. Ago. You did. Yeah. <clears throat> so my Cruella de Vil was cross between was a cross between Lily Savage and Anna Winter from Vogue, <laughs> um, and it was just lovely. I mean, she's a prime example. I think that's what I just loved about doing that job. I love that book so much. That was a match um, made in heaven, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd love to do it again in full color because I just did black and white, but. Oh god, it's just so great that kind of she is she is the best villain. And there's there's um I think it's in Disney's The Rescuers, the villain in that, there's a scene which was very kind of influential to me growing up where she's at her makeup table and she's peeling off these false eyelashes. Mm. And again, like the way my brain works is that she's taken that time in the middle of this despicable child <laughs> kidnapping plot to put false eyelashes on. It's so funny and just stupid. I just love anything that kind of heightens stuff to a stupid yeah. level. And there is something very silly about glamour. I just love that kind of juxtaposition, really. When I draw, I'm kind of the complete opposite to you in that there's no attention to detail. It's very gestural <laughs> and, very, and very rough and very vague. But what if, if I sometimes would look at your work and go, oh, I wish I could draw, you know, someone wearing a wearing clothes like Alex does but I can't because it's that thing of you do get the attention to detail you get every last button right but you've got movement and I think that's the tricky thing that's the thing that I don't see many illustrators being able to nail this is just a say nice thing to you Alex oh it's very nice I'll have to come again but it's it's true I think it's a really rare skill so do you have like loads of props in the house that you draw from or anything like like Hergé Hergé used to like when you, when Hergé's drawing Tintin he used to like literally build a pyramid or did he? Or no no I yeah. mean I do I do use reference stuff and I have been known to get like friends or family to kind of pose for me a little bit if I'm mm. finding something a bit difficult right. but then I exaggerate the pose anyway but I, what I do have is like loads and loads of like old fashioned magazines and costume books and things like that and it's mm. And I think I kind of what I like to do is going to go through that and then dictate how it works. So obviously, a lot of the fashion illustrations at the time, particularly in the time that the Nutcracker was made, were these very tall, willowy um, women. Mm. And I always think it's interesting. Well, how to put that? How to put that style of dress onto somebody who isn't tall and willowy? And how mm. would that affect that character? And what does it say? Or just play with? I love to play with like body shapes and sizes. And I think it's really important to include those in any way. You have done quite a few picture books, but you haven't done many recently, am I right? In no, my last one was The Twelve Days of Christmas, which is my version of, well, Old Grandma is Overly Generous, yeah, so that was my version of this. And that was um, that was slightly inspired by the, the Jolly Christmas Postman, 
with that book you know because it doesn't have all the things that come out of it like that book does but kind of all the details in the stamps and things like yeah. that so that was my last picture book but I tend to kind of do more fiction now yeah um, are you happy in that because it feels like you've really found a groove it's a really nice place to be because you can still do all these glorious illustrations but you've got a yeah. few more words at your disposal to do the kind of storytelling you want to do I think that's part of it yeah I think I, I do find picture books a little bit restrictive in terms of the story mm. I do like chatting and nattering and using lots of words so yeah but there is something really nice. I always like when I do school events. I always like year two because they're, they're, they've stopped being like one pack of children at that age. Like they've grown really into their personalities and they're all they're just a little bunch of weirdos and I just love it. <laughs> um, and I suppose writing for that age group with like the Claude books and the Mr. Penguin books and these Christmas books are probably just about in that bracket. Um, it's kind of fun because... And Astrid as well? Will Astrid be yeah, in that Astrid, bracket too? Yeah, so Astrid is sort of between Claude and... Mr. Penguin, so it's black and white illustrations, but it's um, chapters. There's, there's a few chapters in it. Lots and lots of illustrations, though, as well. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to get my hands on them. Do yeah. you have any books? As you can see, Alex, We've got we some. have lots of books here on the island. Yeah, it's um, strewn with them. It's strewn with them. And yet, I still always kind of hope that when we get visitors, they maybe have a couple of books to leave behind. It's a sickness. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> well, I do, actually. I've got two for you. So actually, as soon as we talked about Eloise before, I've kept both my books as Christmas themed. Okay. So great. I've bought Eloise at Christmas time is the first one, which is the Christmas version of Eloise, which is just absolutely unhinged to a, a level that I cannot even describe. Um, Kay Thompson, the, the writer, obviously had really high hopes of writing an entire book in rhyme. And then after the first page, she's just gone, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just see if it works. <laughs> so there's bits that rhyme, there's bits that's not, there's bits that are almost rhyming, bits that just absolutely aren't. There's other bits of text which are in pink, which are just are just random brilliant and it's just crazy but what i love about it is that it really does capture that sort of absolute chaotic energy of a six-year-old just before christmas i think so many children kind of respond to her and i just i just love her as a character Amazing. and the way that the words are put together as well and it's just it's just so funny oh um, thank you well i'm gonna swipe that one yeah. And the other one I've bought for you is slightly different. It's um, the Winter Story by uh, the Bramley Hedge Winter Story. <gasps> um, Bramley Hedge. I love this. So I spent, like I said, like my first thing that I wanted to be when I grew up was a rabbit. But I spent yeah. like I can't tell you how much time I spent like behind an armchair in my house growing up when I was little with a blanket thrown over, it, and that was my burrow. Oh, um, so, yeah. and I just loved the Bramley Hedge books so there's illustrations and I like anything tiny and um yeah so I just bought that because it's such a beautiful story um of of the snowball in a snowdrift up against the stump store oh but it's just beautiful the illustrations are incredible and so cozy and warm and and although this island you know obviously is bit tropical i thought it might it might keep you warm no, in the cold tropical it. nights honestly there's nowhere cozier than <laughs> in a warren and a brambly hedge story yeah but they're just so evocative those books aren't they it's just so evocative yeah. of the landscape and a place and a time yeah and the details in it there's so many just gorgeous little details in it so, so that's the fun of it isn't it creating a tiny little world yeah and i think that kind of makes books last longer as well in many ways because you you always return back to it 
This is all really making me miss open fires and snow. Yeah. I can't lie. It feels a bit weird having Christmas on this island. It does. Mm -hmm. It's making me feel a little bit blue. I think I need another pina colada, Frank. Or or a Christmas cracker. (laughs) I think that's the thing. Go on then. Yeah. Come on, let's have another Christmas cracker. I think you two should do it this time. All right, we'll do it this time. Right, come on, Frank. Try not to wince when when we when it bangs. I know it scares you. It's just a cracker. It can't hurt you. Ready? One, two, three. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is Maisie Chan, the author of Danny Chung Does Not Do Maths. My favourite book of the year is The Stories That Grandma Forgot and How I Found Them by Nadine Aisha Jassat. It's a wonderful novel in verse and it's for 8 to 12 year olds and I recommend it to everyone. Hello, my name is Rob Bidolf and my favourite children's book of 2023 is Someone Just Like You, written by Helen Doherty and illustrated by David Roberts. So this is a picture book all about kindness and empathy. You know, unfortunately, we live in a world full of schisms and displacement, but this book reminds us that actually we have much more in common with each other than than we think. You know, there's more that unites us than divides us, which is a very important message to be sharing at the moment, I think. Uh, Helen's rhyming text flows absolutely perfectly, which is something I really appreciate. It's not easy to do at all, people. Uh, And the book's design it's just amazing. There's a really fab mirroring effect that runs throughout. And the most brilliant use of fluorescent inks that I've seen for a long time, the oranges and pinks, really make the illustrations leap off the page. Speaking of the illustrations, we all know David is a genius. And in my opinion, he's in a league of his own when it comes to uh, character design. And, and this book features children from all backgrounds, different ethnicities, cultures, uh, children of different shapes and sizes, some with visible disabilities. Uh, and this sheer wealth of characters means that every child reading this book, I think, will see themselves somewhere within its pages. Again, something that's hugely important. So yes, the holy trinity of picture book gold. A lovely rhyme, an important message, and the most beautiful illustrations you'll ever see. Hi, my name's Katia Balin, and my book of the year is Catfish Rolling by Clara Kumagai. Um, It's a YA story about an earthquake in Japan that changes the nature of time. It's an incredibly lyrical, beautiful, interesting, and unusual book, and I loved it so much. It was like nothing else that I've ever read before. Oh, yet again, yet again, we don't get any miniature tape measure. But lovely books. But some lovely book recommendations. Mm. And no, thank you. Thank you, lovely book recommenders. And um, lovely voices. Nice uh, to hear those voices. And lovely, vo- and lovely voices. It's been a good year for books, hasn't it? Yeah. Alex, can we tempt you to stay? Can we tempt you to stay and have... What are we going to have for Christmas dinner, Frank? Well, I'm vegetarian, so I couldn't have a seagull or anything. So. We could do you some potato waffles. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely yeah. perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Beans. Would be lovely. Surely Christmas dinner is going to be entirely first course digestive biscuits with Nutella, followed by <gasps> yes. a main course of digestive biscuits a la Nutella. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and no dessert. Finally, no. two courses no. enough. Nutella avec les biscuits de digestif. <laughs> Well, we could always get someone to kind of fling out a tin of squirty cream and it might get oh, yeah, in time. Might, so we yes. could have your 
we Pretend could have my deluxe ca- yeah, deluxe cheesecake. Yeah, I think that would be a perfect. Thing. Like in the Beano when they used to have snow on top of the Christmas pudding. I used to love that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. if we can tempt you to stay for that, Alex, or, or I suppose you might want to go home. To well, your very I'd... Christmassy home and have your. Well, I have left the lights on, so we'll have to go Gilarme and do with flock that. The frock um... is dried. The sun has dried your lame frock. Yeah. Well, th- I'm glad I won't get a chill on my kidneys. Um, How, but, um... So I can pop the back on. Well, Alex, I mean, you know, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you both, and thank you so much for having me. Thank you and, for joining um, us. It's been a pleasure. Do you, will you do as a yo ho ho? <laughs> oh. What does Father? Yeah, he says ho ho ho, Merry Christmas, doesn't he? That's oh, that's. Oh, uh, I didn't do yeah. that. Who says yo ho ho, Fred? No one says. A pirate. Yo. You've got yeah, it. Yes, yeah, Father, Father Christmas is pirate brother. <laughs> Come on, Fred. There was a Father Christmas with an eye patch around our way, though. That was. Really <laughs> that's the best we, we can do like. now. We're on the island. We don't get Father Christmas. We get yeah. rubbish pirates. pirates. Just get Long John Silver. Pretending to be. Yeah. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure, Alex. It's and been a joy. I hope, I hope we meet again. Have a wonderful yeah. Christmas and New Year. You too, both of you. And um, yeah, I'll go beyond beneath the waves like Miss Piggy again now. So. Farewell. See you soon. Farewell. Bye, Alex. Bye. Bye. Frank, bye. Frank, bye, Alex say bye. Smith. Merry Christmas. <laughs> bye. Bye. Merry bye. Christmas. Bye. Aww. Well, that was all lovely and Christmassy, wasn't it, Frank? Yeah, that was nice. Shall we... Um, there's still one cracker left, isn't there? Uh, yeah, we've got one cracker left. Now, I don't know about you, but I reckon it might be full of book recommendations. But shall we pull it just in case it's got your novelty dice key, uh, cufflinks in? Yeah, let's do that. Because it would be nice to dress for dinner. All right, come on then. <laughs> now try and be brave. Try, okay. Come on, okay. last one. You can do it. I believe in you, okay? No wincing. Ready? It's a big band, but it can't hurt you. One, <laughs> two, three. Pull! Oh. <laughs> wow. Suffering ice wow. cakes. Holy moly! <laughs> Hello, I'm AF Stedman the author of the Scandar series, which features bloodthirsty unicorns, elemental magic and epic adventures. My favourite children's book of 2023 is Greenwild, The World Behind the Door by Parry Thompson, illustrated by Elisa Paganelli. It was one of those rare books that turned back time for me. Reading it as an author, I was utterly blown away by Thompson's creativity but I was also 11 years old again, reading under the covers and hoping that I too could visit Kew Gardens and find the door to her extraordinary world of plant magic, endless adventure, and a very grumpy cat. Hi Nadia, hi Frank, it's Benji Davies here. Um, yeah, I've just dropped by the island. You don't, I don't think you're here, so um, just leaving you a voice message on one of these coconuts. Not sure about all the monkeys have to be honest. But anyway, um, yeah, I just wanted to let you know what my book of the year is for 2023. And I've picked the new graphic novel adaptation of Watership Down by James Sturmish and Joe Sutphin. Yeah, Nadia, I know you're not really a fan of the film, I've heard. I loved the film personally as a kid, but I, I love this new adaptation of it, this new graphic novel. Joe and James, I know, spent several years working on this book um it's been a real labor of love and it's um it's really a beautiful thing to behold 
Um, I just, yeah, congrats to them on the book. And I uh, implore you to, to go and check it out. Anyway, have a good Christmas. Hope to see you soon. Um, and uh, yeah, keep an eye on those monkeys, I guess. Uh, speak soon. Bye. Ah, oh, well, yet again, it was it was more recommendations, Frank. But you know what? Reading is a gift that lasts a lifetime. It so is. And that's maybe... Have you got a gift for me at all? With it being Christmas, I think it's time for presents. Do you know what, friend? It's quite rude to just ask like that. <laughs> um, but uh, I have, I have good, got a gift good. for you. Can I just gently, I don't want to alarm you, um, but you might need to get some new eyebrows at okay. some point. Because okay. I think that last cracker did a bit off. of a number on them. I could, yeah, yeah. They're, they're singed, don't they? You look permanently surprised now. Yeah, anyway, exactly. presents. Present time. So look, I've wrapped this. I've wrapped this parcel in a banana leaf. Oh, look at the effort lovely. I've made. Okay. Here you go. Merry Christmas, Frank. Oh, it's a copy of Grimwood. Well, yeah. I think you'll find it's actually all three of the Grimwood books. Oh, it's the uh, Grimwood Frank. collection. It's the Grimwood it's collection. This will keep me out of trouble for a while. And it's by Nadia Shireen. I've heard of her. She's great. Would you sign them for me? Are you going to sign them for me? I'm going to get a bit of this this uh, this burnt wood from our fire and make sign a kind of books. X on the Actually, page. These genuinely are. Does that count as signing? Yeah, these genuinely are my favourite books this year. And that's why I'm giving Aww. you this book, which is the only book that I know that's actually better than it. There you go. Have a little look at that one. Really? See what you think okay. Of that. <laughs> Better than Grimwood, you say? Right, you've not wrapped it, so I'm afraid I can see... (laughs) It's in a coconut. ...that it's yet another... (laughs) It's cradled in a coconut. Yet another copy (laughs) of the Wonder Brothers in a coconut to add to my pile of about 20 Wonder Brothers. There's something special. If you look inside, it's a very, very rare unsigned copy. (laughs) Wow, amazing. No, do you know what? This is valuable, Frank, because do you know what I've done with the other previous copies of the Wonder Brothers that you've given me? I fashioned a futon out of them. (laughs) And it was a bit wonky. So now you've given me this copy, my futon will be dead flat. It's such a useful book. Thank you. It's genuinely magic. That's really thoughtful of you. Comedy gold. Now, look, I don't want to crush your genuine childlike wonder out of the world. (laughs) So... It is a fantastic book. Thank you, Frank. Thank you. And can I say a heartfelt Merry Christmas to you, my island buddy. And to you, my island buddy, and to the ukulele oof. Did oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. Honestly. I'm going to say a heartfelt Merry Christmas to our listeners. Merry Christmas to you, dear listener. Merry Christmas to you, Frank. Merry Christmas to the ukulele of Trio. And a big Merry Christmas and a thank you to the amazing Father Jeff Mus, a.k.a. Jeff Bird, for keep it somehow he's kept the show on the road for an entire year. And for that, I think he needs all the pina coladas we okay. can muster. And Merry Christmas to the woman with the conch, to Emily Drabble of Book Trust, who has brought us all these amazing recommendations. And if you want to make Christmas merry for someone who needs a bit of merriment, then go to the Book Trust Christmas Appeal 
on booktrust.org.uk. They have this amazing campaign where they send books out to children in care and to food banks. And this year, all those children will also get a letter from the laureate, from Joseph Cello, and a little bookmark. And 17,000 books going out to children in care and to food banks. So you can help by donating to The Magic of Books Appeal, by donating to The Magic of Books Appeal. If you want to find out more, head to www.booktrust.org.uk forward slash Xmas uh, or have a little nosy on Twitter or on Instagram and look at Book Trust feed and there'll be some details there. But they are um, an amazing charity who do amazing work. Help give someone a, a Merry Bookmas or a Bucky Christmas. Frank, I feel like we've come to an end. We've come to And we've end. come to the end of our first we've come to the end of our first year our first together. Year. On this book riddled island. Yeah, and we'll be still here next year when the sun comes up on a new year on the island of Brilliant. I guess we will. Yeah, you definitely will. <laughs> Unless someone can send us some kind of assistance to get us off the island. Yeah. So it's the end of the year. We're going to climb into our hammock and we'll be back in the new year, but not at the new year because we'll still be swinging in our hammocks. Yeah. I was going to say, I want a bit of time off, Rant, because I tell you what, we've accumulated a lot, a lot of, books. of books. We've got a lot of reading lot to do. A lot of snacks. <laughs> So I feel like January might be dominated by reading time, but we will be back at some point. Yeah. You've got to read all year. those different copies of Wonder Brothers. Yeah, of course I have. Unless someone has seen fit to send, e.g. private jet, yeah. over <laughs> to collect me and bring me back home. Just trying to... It's a secret message I'm trying to get out there, Frank. Don't worry, you won't <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas, everybody. Sing the day.